The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Red Board Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special Thanksgiving edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch. I'm the founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me on this very special day is the wonderfully talented Michelle Yu. Michelle, what are you, are you cooking right now? What are you doing? Uh, actually, so, yes, I'm taking a break from pie prep to do the show is that your kind of main thing are you a pie person or do you you make the turkey like what do you number one favorite thing is stuffing to eat um and i do everything so my mom who doesn't like stuffing that's my favorite thing so my mom's coming over and we're stuffing the turkey and we'll do the turkey and stuffing and then i'm doing um roasted veggies with like brussels sprouts and carrots and Mm. green beans and Mm. uh little potatoes and stuff like that i'm doing like your traditional mashers i'm doing gravy i'm doing green bean casserole wow i'm doing um that sounds like an amazing meal uh cranberry sauce but from scratch and then apple pie a peach cobbler and I, I just I got, I just gained like 10 pounds just thinking about it. I know. <laughs> I'm going to be so fat after this meal. It's not even going to be too. funny. Like I'm just going to explode. I just keep eating. And, but here's the question on the stuffing. There's always like, isn't there a controversy? Like, do you put the sausage in the stuffing or do you do meatless? I do not put the sausage in the stuffing, but I do put the stuffing inside my bird. Right. Okay. That's fair. Um, yeah, it's very fair. And the, the homemade cranberry sauce, you know, I never liked cranberry sauce for a long time and I just never, and then I started eating it a couple years ago and now I love it. Yeah. It's a really good tang for like to add to your turkey. It cuts through everything, like the acid in it. And I like to do mine homemade because I add a little bit of jalapeno to it. So you get like a tiny bit of spice. Do you, um, do you, on your plate, do you like mash Mm -hmm. it kind of all together? No, No, you keep it all separate, right? You know me, right? Yeah. I cannot stand right. my food to touch each other. Yeah. Right. Nothing touches each other. Unbelievable. No. That sounds so great. That sounds, what are, let me ask you a question. But here's what we're going to do today Michelle and I are going to talk for a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about what's going on in the horse racing world. Then Michelle. So we're reverting to like our old layout. Yeah. And then <laughs> Michelle um, um, did a, an interview with uh, a, an owner from Maryland named Gordy Keys, which is going to be a great interview. So that's going to come up. But Michelle and I are going to do all of our business first and then get out of here so we can go do the whole Thanksgiving thing. Um, so, Michelle, let me ask you first this. Other than the normal things, because I know how thankful you are for your family and your children and for Ryan, is there is there something that you're thankful for in horse racing? Um, in horse racing, obviously this was not prepped. Um, I mean, I'm just thankful for all the horses, right? That's that fair. They, yeah. That's, I'm very thankful for all the horses that they love their jobs and that they want to come in and do it for us. I'm thankful to be able to be in horse racing cause I just love it. Yeah. That's very nice. I am too. If I, if I had to think of two, I have two things that kind of popped in my head when I asked you the question. And the mm-hmm. first one is the unsung 
heroes of horse racing. And those are, in my opinion, the backstretch workers, these the the grooms and the hot wire and these people that just they just dedicate their entire lives to these horses. And um, I, I, you know, sometimes we overlook that part of the game. Um, I know you're there at the barn a lot. Obviously, I'm there at the barn a lot. But I don't I don't know how many others get to see just how hard those guys work and and those women work back there. So uh, I'd like to give special thanks to them. Um, I'd also like to uh, thank all the aftercare providers, Michelle, because you and I both know that um, that is so important. And I was just on my Karma board call the other day, and it, our, our aftercare industry is shrinking. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, and, that's a great segue, Billy, to our first thing of note. So continue. Okay. Well, I want to just tell you something that's really cool, and you'll like this. So we had a horse named The Hunted. Do you remember that horse? Yeah. Really cool horse. Um, his first race he ever ran, he almost bolted. He was a total mental, just, uh, he was just a child. Then he grew up and he became really well, really good. He, he won a couple of Calbred stakes. Uh, Richie Baltus had him first, really got him on his game. And then we, uh, Mike Pipey, I think finished out his career. Was it Mike? Pi- no, was it Mike Pipey? No, it wasn't know. Phil. Was it, uh, no, it wasn't Phil. Well, maybe it was, no, it was Pipey. Yeah. It was Pipey. And, um, he just, he just was done with racing. He didn't really have any significant injuries. He was just done with racing. And we, and we, at, we ran him for a tag. I think we ran him for 40 and we just said, you know what? That's it. And we gave him to Taryn Hoffus. Do you know Robin Hoffus? You know, Robin? Rock and Robin, mm. you probably do. People out there probably know. But we oh, gave... is that was was that Mark Mark Martinez's buddy? Yes, my yes. yes. Okay. So we gave him to Taryn, who is an eventer. And last on Breeders' Cup weekend, I don't, I didn't talk about this last week. He did his first eventing. Awesome. Michelle, it, you have to I'm, be a little crazy to be an eventer. I'm gonna send you these pictures. Well, he did the whole thing. He did like the dressage. Yeah. And the, I mean, it is. But it means cross Michelle, these pictures of, of him. These pictures of him jumping over whatever he's jumping <laughs> over with his with his knees and like bent in his perfect posture. I don't know what that's called, but it was. I, I have the chills right now. It is so cool, and to see a horse have a, a second career like that is kind of mind-blowing because i think you kind of forget or people do Mm -hmm. you know hey when we had this horse he was a good horse we gave him a good home but now to see uh the fruits of of taryn's labor in in teaching him to do this and i'm going to send you a picture maybe you could post this on um on our Twitter account at Ona for Horse sure. or at BKLRF at, at uh, Michelle, the Michelle. Maybe U. I'll make it the headline of, I got to tell you, it, it is, it is one of the, the coolest things I've ever seen in all my years of horse racing. I'm telling you the, the, I'm going to send you two or three photos and then you could choose which one you want to use. It is so amazing. And I'm so, I'm so happy for the horse mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm so happy that he's able to now enjoy his time outside of the track and he will keep doing this for as long as he can obviously and he just i guess as owners i we, we always say um it is a responsibility for you to take care of your horse once they're done with their racing career and it's not always easy it's hard to find people but that's why there's organizations like karma um and 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 just please i guess my my billy soapbox for the day would be just everybody take a deep breath when you're done racing, figure out what to do with these horses because it's a it's it's limited opportunities out there, and they still can have great second careers. So that's my pitch. All right, I like it. Well, leading into our first thing of note, then is because we care so much about aftercare. Uh, Jen Royce, who is the uh, director of the Retired Racehorse Project, which we know is a big showcase. 
for the retired horses. It happens every year. Generally in Lexington, they have the thoroughbred makeover and the national symposium. Um, it was amazingly large this year after a hiatus last year because of COVID. And she is actually going to be stepping down oh, no. as the executive director. And fi for five years prior to that, she was actually a board member. She writes all kinds of articles uh, hyping up retired racehorses. They have the masterclass series. I mean, there's been so many things that Jen has been at the forefront of. And I know she's got a lot else going on. She runs Top Line Communications. She owns and operates Brownstead Farm, where they do breaking and post-race training. So she has a ton of stuff going on in addition to doing sure. the Retired Racehorse Project. So right now, the they're going to have an interim director, but they're actually going to be doing a national search to find the next Gen Royce. Wow. Maybe um, it's you. Yeah. Could it be you? Yeah, definitely not. No, it's not me. Not this you. is like a full-time – this is a full-time <laughs> gig. And uh, I really hope that they find someone that is a quarter as good as Gen Royce, and we will be well-served. So that was the first thing of note, even Very though good. it's not – no, I, like I think a lot of like regular racehorse people wouldn't know, but anyone that does anything with retired racehorses knows Jen Wrights. That's good. Um, so that was number one. Uh, the second thing of note, Billy, is the fact that Tony Parker, you remember him? The basketball player? Basketball player? Yeah. San Antonio Spurs point guard? Yeah. Yeah. Him and his buddy, Nicholas Baton, bought a farm in uh, Normandy, so right outside of Deauville. Really? Yeah. They're going to be breeding. Well, I like uh, it. So they they bought, uh, it's Guitiville. Quit, Site. It's 86 hectares. I love when you do your friend. That's terrible. I don't even know what that word is. Uh, so he's got 54 <laughs> stables, and his partner there is the French basketball team captain. He was a silver medalist at the Tokyo Olympic Games. Yeah, Nick Batum. Uh, he plays for the Clippers. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know him. I, oh, yeah. Oh, oh he's, he's very, very good. He's been in the league for years, 100 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Good player. Well, they uh, they've now they are now horse farm owners. And I love they are it. Going to be breeding in France. I guess right. Tony Parker owns a horse this year, Mangostine, a two-year-old who won the Premiesque last mm. month. You're so you're. I mean, you're so bringing us so much international news, Michelle. I love it. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, so that was our second thing of note because I thought that was very interesting that we're seeing big big sports people getting involved in the breeding side, which is not something we tend to see a lot of i don't right, think right um so that's pretty cool i'd be nice if he you know, came over this way but <laughs> i guess you do things wherever you're happiest absolutely uh, and the third thing was that art sherman is going to be retiring at the end uh... of the year that he just announced so if you are relatively new to racing you've probably still heard of california chrome and art sherman was the man behind the chrome i'm sure chromies are going to be uh very sad about that but you know, yeah, but you everyone, know what? Art, Art has had a great career. Old. He's had a great mm -hmm. career, and uh, all, all our best, uh, especially at Thanksgiving time, go out to, to Art Sherman, one of the good guys, the true good guys in the game. Mm -hmm. yeah. Agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so other than that, Billy, I really just want to tell you what's going on this weekend at Del Mar before we get into the interview. Okay. So There's some big um, races. We do have racing tomorrow or Thursday, whatever day that you listen to this podcast. <laughs> so there is racing on Thursday this week for traditional holiday racing. Gates open at 930. First post at 11 a.m. for Thanksgiving. It is the Great Three Red Carpet. There's also a Thanksgiving brunch, which is sold out. And they're asking for donations all weekend long, actually, for the San Diego Food Bank. Fantastic. On Friday is the Grade 2 Hollywood Turf Cup, which is a kind of a rematch of uh, several horses that ran in the Breeders' Cup turf. 
And then Saturday is the grade one Hollywood Derby, the grade two Seabiscuit, the grade three Jimmy Durante. And also it is the handicapping challenge. So one of the, or the final handicapping challenge available at Del Mar for the Bing meet. It's a $3,000 buy-in with a $2,000 life bankroll, $1,000 towards the pride pool. You can play on track at Del Mar or online through TVG. And if you're on track, you get to go to the Sky Room. You get Ooh, free food and beverage. You know, so I like to booze you up. Bougie. And it's a live money contest. So it should be pretty interesting. I know they're going to do a 100% return of the prize pool. Also including a 2022 BCBC seats as well as NHC seats. Mm. So a lot of good stuff on the line for really not that bad, a $3,000 buy-in. No. And then Sunday, I think, is the Matriarch. Grade one. Mm-hmm. Sunday is the grade one matriarch, and as well as the Cecil B. DeMille on Sunday. Are you going to run Elevato in there? Uh, we're not. We're not. No? No. You want to try the stretch out? Uh, do you know, we were going to, came up with a little thing that's nothing of any uh, serious nature, but just enough to miss a day of training, and mm. there were a couple of days of training, and we just said, you know what? There's no point if... Uh, right. One of the things you learn in this game is that timing is everything. If they're not 100%. If they're yep. not a thousand percent, it's better off just to wait, let them get, let them uh, be absolutely perfect before you run, because... Um, mm-hmm. You always put the horse first. And we've heard that from many of our people during these interviews, Michelle. Always put the horse first. Mm-hmm. That's that's the number one thing. Oh, as I'm bad sorry. as you want to run. No, we wanted to run so badly. I saw uh, him work too. Oh, worked brilliantly. So mm-hmm. um all right, Michelle. Uh I'm thankful also for you. Uh you constantly bring so much uh good information to the show. You are a, a, a gem in my in my heart. And uh Aww, I appreciate I all you, you do. And uh, so I am very thankful for you, and I'm very thankful that you were able to do this interview with Gordy Keys, and we'll bring that to you right after this. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody out there, and thank you to all our listeners who constantly uh, support us. We really appreciate it, and to the In the Money uh, Media Network for allowing us to grace their airways uh, once a week uh, this past year. We're really looking forward to a big 2022 as well. We'll be right back. (laughs) Michelle. Billy. Do you know what one of my favorite days of the year is? Your birthday? No, we already had that. It's the day after Christmas. You know why? Boxing day? <laughs> yeah. It's opening day at Santa Anita. So Del Mar ends, and guess what? Santa Anita's right around the corner. What's going uh, on at Santa Anita, Michelle? That's my favorite time of day, too. Well, I'll tell you what, Billy. First of all, I just want to make sure that we mention that we're bringing back the Ship and Win program at Santa Anita. Um, it's a $5,000 cash bonus for owners that ship to Santa Anita from outside California. The horse has not, could not have raced in California in the last 12 months. And there's going to be a 35% purse bonus to your horse's earnings in its first race at the Great Race Place. So I think that's always a good thing. I know that that's always greatly a great affects thing. people like you because you guys bring in a lot of horses. Absolutely. Always trying to bring in horses. Uh, very grateful for Santa Anita for making this program available. And Michelle, I can't wait to see you at Santa Anita. I can't wait to see you either. We're going to have a great card that day, by the way. Six stakes races, three grade ones, and three grade twos on opening day. the day after Christmas, and I look forward to seeing everybody there. The great race place. want to bring everybody's attention to Adelphi Racing Club. It's a club of like-minded people who enjoy horse racing and the camaraderie of being part of something bigger than themselves. It's a true community. Adelphi's founding partners have all owned horses and other partnerships and syndicates as well as on their own. And so Adelphi 
is the blending of benefits of sole ownership with the thrill of partnership experiences. They also offer an interactive ownership experience with real-time access to other partners, trainers, bloodstock advisors, as well as other members of the team. And if you're a partner, you get frequent multimedia content on your horses, including videos, photos, as well as a partners-only podcast. Uh, that's going to be provided right here by the In The Money Media team, by the way, and premium on off-track hospitality experiences. Adelphi has an exciting class of yearling prospects, which are available now, including Salevo, which is named after my favorite restaurant in Saratoga. That's a street sense Philly who's bred to be fast and early with some major European influence. Um, and also a yet-to-be-named Taprit Colt, who looks and is bred to be a two-turn horse. I mean, his dad won the Belmont, and his dam was a Sadie Spakes performer out of a leading broodmare sire in distorted humor. Second dam, also a stakes winner, out of Arch to build up that two-turn credential, and he'll be heading over to Christophe Clement in the spring. So if you want to join the club, head over to Adelphi Racing. It's A-D-L-P-H-I racing.com. Michelle, I have some great news for you. Oh, you do? Tell yeah. me. Yeah. Michelle, do you know who won the Breeders' Cup Classic? I know who won the Breeders' Cup Classic. Who it was it? was Nick's Go. Nick's Go. Guess where he's standing next year, Michelle? Uh, mm, Taylor Made? <laughs> Got that right. Nick's Go oh, will stand at Taylor Made so next year. He's going to start at $30,000. This big gray son of painter. Is, was the most likely to be horse of the year, uh, dominated the Breeders' Cup Classic amongst many other grade one races this year, including the uh, Whitney. Um, I think he won He won the grade three Lucas. He won so many races, I can't even count them. Uh, Nick's go will stand next year at TaylorMade. Very special guest here on the owner's box. Mr. Gordy Keyes going to be joining us all the way from across the country. Mr. Keyes, thank you so much for taking out the time today. Well, you're welcome. I'm glad to do it. So I know you had some success recently, and we're going to get into that. But first, I want to go back in history. I want you to tell me all about you. How did you get into horses? How did you get into racing? How did you end up in the winner's circle? Uh, it's a long story. Um, uh, um, you know, I got into horses through my mother, who bought me a pony when I was six years old. <laughs> and so I've had horses ever since. And uh, I've been a farmer all my life. And uh, I've, I got in really, I've, I'm a fox hunter. Uh, I've been a rider all my life. So, And then... <clears throat> I fox hunted from the time I was probably 10 years old. And then uh, I got into, uh, so I've had horses. I used to, uh, when I first started farming, I boarded horses and I bought and sold horses. And so uh, it was part of my farming operation. And then okay. I got into racing about, uh, you know, the time that I was uh Got out of college and um, had never had extra money, but always found enough money to get to buy a racehorse or uh, <laughs> <food there. laughs> uh, so you know that's and then uh, so I've I've been in a long time. I've had a lot of horses, uh, but this horse that I've got now probably is the best horse I've ever had. So. Uh, 
and I bred her, and uh, I brought her mother, his mother, um, and um, so I consider myself a breeder. Uh, I've never bought many horses. I just mm-hmm. uh, bought mares and and um, and and bred them and experimented and um, this experiment worked. <laughs> So that's uh, that's the best kind of story, right? Yeah, that's the best way. Uh, it's nice. I, I've never never had a lot of money to spend on horses, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, so that's why I always and I I'm in the Angus cattle business too, and uh, and purebred Angus cattle, and uh, so I like to breed um, and experiment, and and it's been a real I'm not a. Um, I don't play golf. Uh, I play a little golf and tennis, but I, actually, horses have been my hobby. Okay. Uh, now, are, is there similarities between breeding cattle and breeding racehorses? Oh, like, yeah, are there think, pedigrees in cattle? Yes, and uh, I'm always been a, uh, a breeder that thinks the mare is the female is a very important part of uh, breeding. Anything that you have, uh, I've never been able to uh, breed horses without having the uh, and cattle too, without the female being the um, I guess the principal part of the equation. Uh, wow! And so, um, you know, I've I've had I've had some good mares, and unfortunately. It seemed like everything always happened to them when, when I was getting started with them. Uh, they, I've had bad. Li- I've lost a lot of good mares. Not a lot, but uh, two or three good mares that uh, mm-hmm. do different, uh, just uh, colics and and whatever you know, whatever happens in the purebred in the racehorse business. I think I've had everything happened to me uh that could happen uh, you know horses breaking legs and, and uh, just i guess the normal part of breeding horses uh, it's, right. it's, uh, it's not an easy thing and people that have success at it uh, they they also it takes a lot of unsuccessful times too so um it's a it's not a it's not a business for the faint-hearted. <laughs> right. So when you're looking at breeding, who taught you how to breed? Did you just say, you know what, this is what I want to do? Or why get into it from that aspect? Because it is easier, per se, to just go buy a horse. Yeah, uh, but, you know, that wasn't my really uh, – that wasn't part of my program as buying a horse. You know, anybody can mm-hmm. buy a horse. And uh, – but I've always been interested in breeding, and uh, I mean, I even started out in the hog business and uh, breeding really? hogs. <laughs> so I've had a lot of experience in breeding, breeding animals, and um, and so that's always what interests me the most. Uh, pedigrees, I've been always up on pedigrees in the Angus cattle business and also in the thoroughbred business. So. Uh, uh, it's, so it's, you, that's been a real challenge for me. Mm-hmm. 
So you bred Grateful Bread, and what what led you to breed to Great Notion? What did you like about this cross? And you got to tell me about his name. Deadhead? Beg pardon? Deadhead from the Grateful Dead. Yeah, well, Grateful Bread, I I had a, um, a Malibu Moon mare that I bought as a yearling, and um, and then I bred her to um, – other stallions, and uh, uh, we had winners, but we didn't have any, uh, you know, nothing like grateful bread. And mm-hmm. and I and I had bred uh, another mare to Great Notion, and um, the horse was it was very big. He's a big. He was seventeen hands, but he was really fast. Uh, mm-hmm. But he didn't hold up, and. Uh, so, um, so I, I I knew I'd have to breed a medium-sized mare to him to get to get him a, a, a nice proportioned horse, and so then I bred him to my Malibu Moon mare who wasn't very big. She was mm-hmm. um, she was probably sixteen hands, um, but and then and with with that breeding uh, it, it produced. Uh, um, Grateful bread, and he he's a very um, very well proportioned horse. Uh, he's he's very uh, a horse that I like, the size that I like, and uh, so that's and it turned out to be successful. So, uh, so where did all, where did his name come from? I want to know uh, about his name because like now he's kind of a cult favorite over in the Maryland area. <laughs> Well, my my wife is a Grateful Dead uh, fan. In fact, <laughs> she's uh, she's out in California right now, uh, going to a concert. Uh, Grateful no Dead. No way. Uh, yeah, and she uh, she and her her son David uh, they flew to Phoenix and went to one show that was in Phoenix, and then they flew to. Uh, San Diego, where they're going to a uh, Grateful Dead concert tonight. So, uh, um, so they're taking, seeing part of okay. the country, and, and so, so that's she's why she's a Grateful that's, Dead that's fan. Decided to name him Grateful Bread since you bred him, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that good. Was, did she like? Yeah. Did she like the name? Was she happy with it? Oh yeah, yeah. Very grateful. Uh, you know, it's. And it's we've had a lot of a lot of it brought a lot of interest to the horse because it was kind of an unusual name. Yeah. And, um, since then he became, you know, I mean he won his first time out, and, and um, he's a consistent horse. I mean I've never had a horse that just runs like he does. I mean, mm-hmm. it's been a real pleasure, and he's sound as could be. He's never. Doesn't hadn't have any problems as far as soundness goes, and I I, I attribute that to um, having the right size horse. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've you know I, I when I was in college, uh, I was on the college judging team, and uh, I I learned about uh, uh, breeding horses and cattle, and and so that was my biggest. Uh, I guess my biggest interest in in 
and horses and in cattle is is being successful breeding them. Yeah. So I want to go to Maryland Millions Day because he did win the Maryland Million Turf Sprint recently. Tell yeah. me what the day was like, what you felt when you were watching him in the race. Well, you know, he's he's a he's been a, a very consistent horse as far as uh running goes. I mean, he he doesn't have a bad day. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just he always tries. And uh, in the first uh, the first stakes we had him in, I I um, was in the in the Maryland Million last year, and uh, he he ran into a horse uh, fire that was um, oh yeah fire I remember that uh, horse he was unbelievable fast mm-hmm. reaches and then he and um, the jockey uh, went tried to go head and head with him and he he ran my horse into the ground trying to trying to keep up to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that wasn't very good. But uh, he's run some against some good horses and beat some really good horses. So So uh, where were you for the race? Did you stand did you go to the races? Do you like to go yeah. to the racetrack or you yeah, just watch them at my, home? Uh, yeah, I have four children and and so all my Children live in Maryland and Virginia, except one lives in Mississippi, and she even came up to this because she's been uh, a part of my horse operation. And okay. So, okay. so all four of my kids were there, and uh, I had a good idea. That, uh, we'd run against these horses before, most of them. And so I, I had a good idea that if he'd run his race, he'd win. And uh, Okay. So... Um, and he did, and he went wire to wire, so it was uh, it was very exciting. And um, all my so friends. Ha- I, we always like to know what kind of a rooter you are. So do you like jump up and down? Do you sit there quietly? Do you slap your program? <laughs> uh, I'm a kind of a quiet rooter. Uh, okay. Yeah, I just. Uh, you know, I I don't jump up and down and I hoop and all or no. Um, <laughs> I just kind of, you know, I've been doing it for so long. I get, you know, I guess I guess I don't take it for granted. That's for sure. Um, right. I do have an idea when they're going to be they're competitive. You know. So. Mm-hmm. And we've been every race that we've been in, we've. Been competitive. We were in a race up in uh, uh, Monmouth Park, um, and um, and we just we were second up there, but we just mm-hmm. um, we we just just got beat, so that was all right. Um, it was another nice horse, and 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 then I've been in a, another open race that was that was at Law with some very horses from. All over, everywhere in the country, and um, he was he was fifth there, but he only got beat by a length. So uh, I felt good about that. So yeah, yeah that sometimes races come very close. Yeah. So you know, Matt, the Grateful Bread is trained by who's actually my good friend Madison Myers. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about how you came in contact with Madison and how she got Grateful Bread? Um. 
I've known Madison. In fact, she lived on a, a farm right across from me here in Middleburg, and uh, I and and she's had good experience. She worked for Tom Voss and uh, mm-hmm. for a year, and she's she's got good experience. Uh, and then she uh, so I and I knew her husband, who was a steeplechase rider, uh, mm-hmm. and I. I used to watch him run, and I've had steeplechase horses too. So, oh, okay. Uh, I uh, and Madison is a he, she's a very hands-on uh, girl. I mean, yeah, she's very. Uh, she doesn't take anything for granted. You know, she's she knows how to do it, and uh, I I appreciate that. I've never I've never said anything. The only thing I've ever said to her is when we first uh, ran on the Grateful's first race, so I went over to the uh, Middleburg training track to see him. She was getting him ready, and and uh, and she breathed him. I watched him breathe, and she said, after the breeze, I said, oh, my gosh, this horse, is getting, this horse can run. And, uh, <laughs> and so she says, well, she says, I think I need to put one more work in him, and uh, and then he'll be ready to run. And I said, Madison, I said, this horse is ready to run now. And, now. <laughs> so don't, don't, don't waste a, a work on her. Unless if we have to, we'll. I'm ready to win, lose the race. I don't have to win the first time out. And I right. said, let's run him instead of working him. And we did, and he won by... I think he won by ten, you know. So uh, wow. But she's, and but uh, I'm very pleased with Madison and uh, and her husband Karen. Um, they're hard workers, and uh, and they're very very nice people to 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 deal with, you know. And uh, so I leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> I got a note too. You said you do a little bit of steeplechase, uh, steeplechase horses. Do you still do jumpers, or do you only do flat horses now? No, I, I, you know, I've always, I've had uh, a lot of steeple. In fact, my first stakes horse was a steeplechase horse, um, and, but he, I didn't own him when he, when he won his stakes. I, but uh, I had owned him, and then my. Uh, my son-in-law was a steeplechase rider, and uh, he's an English guy. And then, right before he was going to, uh, he was in the uh, Virginia Gold Cup, and then uh, mm-hmm. he had an accident and and training, and uh, he broke his neck, and, and oh. he was a he was in a wheelchair the last 15 years of his life. But uh, so that kind of, um, and then I sold sold the horse that he was uh, training, and um, he he became a, uh, a stakes winner. Um, so you know, I've had bad luck too. <laughs> uh, right. As long as, yeah. So. But so Madison, I have to, I have to ask. Good. I have to ask uh, if someone was trying to get into racing right now and you could give them one piece of advice, 
what advice would you give a new owner trying to come into racing? Well, I'd say the first thing I would say is is to uh, find a, a a trainer that um, that you know and trust and and get along with and uh, and I, I, if if you didn't know anything, uh, that would be my first thing to do is find mm-hmm. someone that that has been reliable and and uh, that a guy that knows how to do business and and be successful. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's the most important thing I think. And uh, and then you know you get in a lot of people. Um, Get in and expect success right away, and it's it's not a not something that you can expect success right away. Uh, mm-hmm. even no, no matter how much money you spend. Um, uh, so I think that's my first. That would be my first uh, thing I would say to somebody that's getting into it because uh, it's it's so many variables that you can get into and. And you can spend any amount of money that you that you want to, but uh, it doesn't. You don't. It doesn't have to be a lot of money to get into it. Uh, you just need to be in in with it with somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, so I, I had the advantage of knowing about horses and and uh, and and the business. Before I really got serious about um, being in racehorses, so. Mm-hmm. so and that's been my excellent. So. Well, Mr. Keys, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk to us and tell us a little bit about your story. And I think that everyone listening will be on my side when when I say we're going to be cheering for a grateful bread every time he runs. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And I appreciate Thank you, you so me. much. Great. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Mr. Gordy Keys on the Owner's Box. We'll be right back. <laughs> 